The 2020 Major League Baseball season is underway. The resumption of the National Basketball League is just around the corner with scrimmages happening already. And suddenly, you have things to be mad about that aren't, I lost my job, or I can't touch people, or racism, or police brutality, or someone I know is really sick with COVID. No. Now we get to be mad about good old-fashioned sports again. About being 1-2 and two instead of 3-0. and oh. About your top fantasy draft pick repeatedly yielding negative points. Or having a season-ending injury in their first appearance. But being angry about sports is part of what makes us happy about sports. Maybe if we get mad enough, the players will perform better. Maybe if we yell about the managers enough, they will be smarter. But really, it's all about love. We get mad because we love them so much. We get mad because... But what did the Marlins do? Are you fucking kidding me? How many players tested positive? And they still played? God fucking damn it! Fuck you, Florida! Fuck you, Trump! All right, it is uh, Monday, July 27th. The year is 2020. This is episode 20 of Underdogs. How are you today, David Patrick Fleming? My name is Jacob Eamon, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm all fired up. All fired up, lighting the mics up, ready to go. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling it, you know, I'm... uh, you know, we, 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 we were about to start recording this morning, and I give a little cursory check to Twitter as I try to normally do before we start this, as we are known to start recording and miss out on the day's <laughs> breaking story while we're it's recording. Like our, it's like our thing. It's like our calling card, <laughs> yeah. making the episode futile. <laughs> yeah. So the Marlins have had multiple players test positive over the course of multiple days, I believe, uh, eight more tested positive today, and plus two more coaches. The c- total cases in recent days is at least 14. Um, the Marlins continued to play the Phillies on Saturday and Sunday, knowing that they had players testing positive, and apparently uh, it wasn't even in the cards. They They had a meeting with the players in the clubhouse, and... They all said, yeah, we got to keep playing. Who knows uh, if they had a chat with the Phillies, let them know, or gave the Phillies a chance to maybe not play. But um, the game tonight has been canceled. Um, it, it it just seems like the, the disaster is is back on the table here, and who knows how what long a, we'll... What a shocking, surprising thing that the Miami Marlins are just dropping with COVID. It's almost like they were in Miami with their mouth open or breathing or just living. What yeah. a shocking, shocking turn of events. Well, and plus, I believe they were playing Atlanta in the preseason. And as you may or may not know, but both of Atlanta's catchers have tested positive for COVID. They, they lost their two great catchers in Darno and Flowers. This is a fucking disaster. Who is ever going to want to play anybody who's been within like two inches of the Miami Marlin team? Like who, who's going to want to do that? Now everyone's going to be uptight. Everybody's going to be uh, reticent to play. And no one's going to trust the teams because it's like, yo, why didn't you tell us? 
that you had players going down and that I don't know how it works. I don't know like what you what what you you have to tell the other team, but that just seems really really brutal that now the Phillies have to hear this news today and I'm sure they're in a panic. And now who wants to play the Phillies? Who wants to play the Marlins? There's just going to be teams that keep dropping. This is a different thing. This isn't baseball anymore. This is just like who can keep their team healthiest to win. And uh, I guess they're they're having a conversation about whether or not the Phillies Yankees game should be canceled tonight. Um, it imagine, for sure should. Well, yeah, they're probably mad scrambling testing people again on the Phillies. But as you know, that it can there there can be false negatives, false positives. Nothing is certain with the testing and. Uh, the, the damage could already have been done. Yeah, and the fact that the Miami Marlins players are allowed to just be out and about in Miami and, you know, because the rules in the States are different than Canada, they can just go out, you know, be safe, use your discretion. Yeah. yeah well, maybe don't inhale or exhale, guys. Uh, maybe just <laughs> hold your breath and run to the pizzeria and run back because you're getting COVID. It's like they said, I was reading this thing that said that if Florida was his own country, it would rank fourth in the world for COVID cases. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're battling Total? some, you're, yeah, you're battling some, uh, some big dogs there. You're battling India with about uh, 1.8 billion people. You're, you're battling Russia. You're battling Brazil. <laughs> so if yesterday was the last Blue Jays game that we'll ever see, that's, that's a hell of a way to go out. It had that look, man, when Giles, you know, that look when someone needs Tommy John, it just had that look when they just throw the ball and their arm kind of turns into like a dead fish and you're just like, oh no. And as soon as the word elbow is said and then he's gone and it's just awful, then they tie the game. Uh, he's a massive piece to lose. I mean, and then earlier in the game, you've got Grishik leaving with some kind of injury and Grishik's looked amazing at the plate like his new I mean I'll, I'll full credit for you for the hitting whisperer because that's a true thing now because <laughs> he's a completely different dude at the plate now yeah he is and it's 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 all been just free and easy singles right like I don't think he's had hit for extra bases yet but he's I, I don't know he must be hitting like 400 or something but that's the one thing about this new Jays team, even just based on this this weekend that is different from in the past, is their plate approaches seem to be different. Even like you take a guy like Vladdy, who's obviously got all this power, he has the ability to just smack it through the right side when they when they play that shift on him, and like that's something that we never ever had before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming his approach is still just mash it into the ground as hard as he can hope for good results and so far it's what, sort of working what, what was your thought when you when you saw um on saturday that vladdy was DHing in his second game of the year after having four fucking months of no baseball and never having played first base at the big league level before other than the opening day game at tampa how did you feel about that um I assumed that maybe they went to the Mandarin or something after the game on Friday. He was just <laughs> feeling a bit heavy, needed a, wanting to sit out the game. They convince him, "Will you at least hit, Vladdy? Can we? Can we? Can you hold the bat today?" <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what's going on. He's a kid. 
<clears throat> it's it's fucking ridiculous that in his second big league game, a 21 year old is forced to DH, and you put him in a new position at first base. You you think that he would need some reps at first base. You think you'd want to get him acclimated to the position because he's only ever played it one other game, and he also it's not like um. It's not like Vladdy is, is going up to the team being like, hey, guys, <laughs> I need to get off my feet today. Yesterday was a lot for me. It, he doesn't like DHing. He has said that he doesn't like DHing. He's worried about DHing and how to keep a, a routine so much that he's making phone calls to guys like Edgar Martinez and David Ortiz. Last year when he DHed, he hit 219. He's obviously not comfortable as a 21-year-old playing DH because it's not what he's used to but yet you put him in dh and you could say whatever you want like vladdy came in overweight vladdy didn't uh keep to the program that we asked but it is what it is you can't punish somebody for that or be like well our analytics and our sports science team say that uh you have to do uh first base uh one game and then you have to get off your feet just because uh the system that we're on just says that you're going to deteriorate fuck that he's 21 it it's so stupid what happens to a body when you stand in a space and when you stretch one leg further out and you kind of like stretch? What happens to your body? How tired can you get? Like, so a game's like know, way too long, three and a half hours, I guess, on average now. Um, and he stands out there for half of it. So we're we're looking at an hour and 45 minutes of him standing and lunging for a ball every once in a while what is what is so difficult about that that he yeah. can't i don't get it and, and I, try I, to I, try try to figure out how to 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 spend the time too vladdy i know that um you're super young and you've been a third baseman your whole minor league career, but we're going to put you at first base, but then we're also going to put you at DH. You're going to have to figure out how to spend those defensive innings. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to sit on the dugout and get in your head about your plate approach, or are you going to think about, oh, why am I not allowed to play first base? Like this kid is somebody who you want to be amazing. Put him in a position where he can do that for you. Yeah. If I had a, if I had a media pass, media access, I would be going to these scrums if scrums still existed. And I would say, who is making the decision for Vlad to DH? Can you give me, just give me the, and the, if they start talking that it's a group approach, I'd say, give me the names, give me the emails, give me the phone numbers. I need to, I need to have someone explain to me very clearly what the data is showing, why it, why it says that he can't play, why he can't stand at first base back-to-back -back or night-to-day night to games. Like, there needs to be... I, I, it's just ridiculous. They need to give us some clear information here. There's certain ways that this is being run, even in the first weekend, that are infuriating because they say, you know, the, the bats that are hot are going to be the bats that are in the lineup. But you have to give players opportunities to get hot. You're not just going to start out, like, on fire. And if you don't, then you have to sit. They've had three different third basemen in three games. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Why did why did Espinal even need to start yesterday? Do you do you not want to get Shaw's bat hot? Do you not want to give him an opportunity? And yeah, Blake Snell, the lefty's on the mound, but even Kevin Cash says he's not going to last long, and he certainly didn't last long. So it didn't matter that Shaw being the lefty would have started the game. Yeah, hot bats, hot players in general is going to be a really interesting 
thing across the across the whole sport this season? How much you, how much rope we as fans have for the players? How much the organization has for the players? Because you know, I finally got what I wanted. Rowdy was hitting in the cleanup spot. He hasn't got a hit yet this season. Um, <laughs> but again, then he's sitting. He and then he's sitting, and it's like, okay, now you gotta try to get that rhythm back again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you gotta keep those guys. They should have a starting core of players and then the bench. They shouldn't be fucking mishmashing every fucking game. There's no rhythm to that. Yeah. But how much patience are we gonna have for guys in a sixty-game season? You know. Uh, I, I'm so anxious. I, it's so strange to feel this way about baseball in general. It's like, yeah. oh, like, how, like, oh my God, it's like 10% of the season is done next week. Like, We're one and two. It's over. It's <laughs> over. There's no recovery from one and two. Yeah. <laughs> but if it was like 162 when you were one and two, you'd be like, ah. I would be care. barely watching the game <laughs> this far. I'd be kind of like, okay, yeah, Rowdy's Rowdy's bad. Looks like Randall's not going to have a hit for a while. It'll be fine. They'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I mean, that game was tough yesterday because they had that game in the bag, and then obviously the, 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 the reason that they lose that game is because Giles gets injured. It's not anybody's fault. Anybody who wants to say they lose the game because of the way Vladdy played that ball at first base, if Giles is healthy, they win that game. And... You know, Vladdy's going to make plays like that. He's never played first base before, and he gets a rocket hit to his right, and he just instinctually dives for it because he's been playing third base his whole life, and that's a natural thing for him to do. See ball, get ball. Yeah. He's not going to have that split-second instinct that, oh, that ball's to my right. I'm going to run to first base because I know Biggio's on the shift. If he did that, they probably win that game, but you can't put the loss on that one play. Nope. And if you don't want Vladdy to do shit like that, let him play fucking first base every game. Kind of along that topic, I want to talk to you about the extra innings runner at second thing for a bit here because we finally, we got our first look at it. Just knowing that you can steal the base and then like hit a sack fly and you're up, it just feels like, ah, feels so dirty. And, you know, We've, we've, you know, going back on this show and previous incarnations of this show, we've talked a lot about what we would like our uh, extra innings or our kind of overtimes to look like in baseball. And immediately I feel real dirty and don't necessarily like what is, what is going on this season with the man on second and nobody out. Yeah, I mean, watching that game yesterday when the Blue Jays take the top of the 10th and they've got the runner on second base, they got Espinal on second base, um, it it felt great. You're like, okay, like it's like you feel like you can relax. You're like, okay, so many other possibilities can happen now to get that run in. When he went to steal third and it looked initially like he was out, I was losing it because I didn't think that he needed to try to uh, get third base. And if he was to be thrown out at third base, trying to steal it just to, you know, up the possibilities of a sack fly, whatever. Oh, God, it was infuriating. But when you flip it to the bottom of the inning and then the home team has somebody on second, it feels like cheating. It feels like, oh, my God, no, 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 this isn't fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Because if, if they get more than one run, then the game's over and we didn't have time to come back. And so... It definitely ups the stress. I would say that it, it as like from the fan experience, like watching it live, it's, it's, it's tense, it's, it's high stress, and I 
I did like it actually. I, I did feel like it, it forced um, the action. I mean, obviously, bunts and sack flies aren't exciting, but you know, I thought that Kiermaier was going to drop a bunt for the Rays there in the in the bottom half, but uh, you know, they didn't, and you know, it, it was what it was. It was just a that wasn't the part of the game that I found disheartening. It was it was the injuries that it's just like, oh, mm -hmm. here we fucking go again. I think losing Giles is, is huge. Yeah, I guess for me the 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 two or the the runner on second thing, it just feels like it becomes a game of like who's or it can become a game of like if you have a guy who steals at like a ninety percent clip and you get that guy on second and you can just steal that base almost every time. But stealing third's a lot different from stealing second. I mean, the, if if you even if you have a ninety percent clip of stolen base guy, chances are it's not from stealing third. For sure, for sure. But is that always going to be the move? I didn't like the move. I didn't like the attempt to try to steal third. But right. uh, you know, there's a lot smarter people than me making that decision and they you know I'm, I'm i would go out on a limb and say espinal in his first major league game wasn't like this one's on me right. <laughs> like he took off for third i would imagine he was told but uh i just wonder how many games are going to come down to whether or not a guy can steal a base or not it it's it exciting man it, it is it, I, st stolen bases are a lot more exciting than bunts and sack flies like st stolen bases are I find very exciting, especially the attempt to steal third. Just not when it's my team. <laughs> you know, I still want my, I still want my runner on third with two outs. Yeah, that was uh, that was a thing that you said months ago. That yes. you you would prefer the extra innings to be man on third, two outs, and another element that uh, Jacob suggested in this was that you can choose your hitter and pitcher. That's right. That's right. You could choose your hitter, and if the game continues to go to extra innings, you can choose that hitter again. It's like a shootout. Exactly. And so we don't have, you, can, you know, you can't sack fly the game-winning run in. You got to hit the ball. You got to score. You know, um, it's not about whether or not you can steal. It's about whether or not you can hit or you can get a guy out. One dude, get him out. It'd be quick innings, too. It'd be like, you know, unless you walked the, which is what I said to you at the time, I was like, well, you should walk the bases loaded to up your chances of um, multiple ways of getting somebody out. Right. Then, right. But then that could become really dull to just, you know, every single inning, just walk the bases loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you can, because if then if you can choose your hitter, you could just be like, no, I'll walk him, walk him. Well, I did, did we decide that if you if you walk someone, you just get to put a different guy on the base and you can keep the guy hitting? <laughs> well, I mean, really, it doesn't matter if those guys even get on the base. You can just pretend that they're on the base and play the force outs because the only run that matters. Oh, no, I guess no, because if you're the away team, then yeah, if you're the top runs. Yeah, multiple runs would matter. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't know. That becomes pretty complicated at that point. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering. I started to think like, if the, if it's possible that now being an away team could possibly be more of an advantage than a home team, um, you know what I mean. So if you if you it, get it didn't that run, feel that way because it feels like if you only get one run to some degree you failed, right? To me, I guess 
I feel like I have an advantage if I can get that one run in the top of the 10th and then I can bring in my closer and someone like Ken Giles, who I'm not worried about um, letting up runs. You know, even if there is a guy at second, I still feel like I'm going to feel pretty good about him closing this game out with without letting any runs up. You don't have to uh, really fuck up to let that run from second base score. Like you could hit a nubber down the first baseline it runner advances to third and then you could hit like a somewhat shallow fly ball and that run comes in. Right. So, you know, obviously if you have a guy like Giles who can strike people out, it's better for you, but it, it's not like he has to have a meltdown for that run to come in. Right. I guess it just feels like even if that did happen and it's just one run, then at least it's just tied. But I do have a chance of, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not an, it, it obviously isn't, or they wouldn't do it if it was an advantage for the away team. But um, it sort of just feels like that because you have the first chance with with the runner at second to get that run. Yeah, I mean, if that run comes in, it definitely puts that more pressure on the uh, on the home team in the in the in the bottom half. But I I don't know when I watched the game yesterday, it really felt like one run wasn't enough. That that right. run from second base is is easy to get in. Not easy, but it's a whole lot easier to get in. Right. So who do you think they're going to use to close now that Giles is out? Well, do you think that Romano has better stuff than Bass? I do, yeah. Then to me, you got to put Romano in. I guess it really comes down to like the the mental makeup that these guys have that we're not really aware of. We're not around them, but you know, if if his heart beats too fast in a moment like that, then uh, he's not the guy. But that's not to say that Bass is different. But I guess being on the inside of the club, you would know that about those two guys, because uh, stuff is one thing, but the ability to execute it is more important. Maybe they know that about the guys. But I don't, I don't see how they can really know that about Romano without giving him the chance. I want to give Romano the chance. I want to give him two opportunities to close. If I think he's got better stuff, I want to give him a, a, a little bit of rope to show that he does have the mental aspect of the game to close it out. I don't want to jump just to Bass because he's more experienced. I think that's stupid. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just limiting the potential careers of, of, of someone like Romano to become an elite closer. I, I don't want them to do this necessarily, but I think it would be unbelievably exciting for Nate Pearson yeah. to come in and be a closer because he would be able to air it out at 104 and you would just be like, oh shit because you take i mean he, i'm sure he would not want that over a starter's role but when he's starting he can't throw his highest end potential gas but if he came in as a closer man that would be so exciting to watch that yeah i think it's going to really depend on when we hear from giles's mri how long he's going to be out for because you have to really start wondering what is more useful. What do we have less um, depth at? You know, so far, it doesn't seem like we have a, a real big glaring hole in our rotation. And that with the, with the addition of K or with the combination of K and Hatch, it seems like we have a chance to win those games, at least so far. I mean, we're, I'm basing that off of one start. 
Mm-hmm. But do we have a chance to win every game with Romano up going for a save? Do we have that chance with Bass up going for the save? I mean, you'd have to believe the other team's heart rate would be pounding into their rib cage if Nate Pearson came on the mound <laughs> in the in the uh, bottom of the ninth, bottom of the tenth, whatever you uh, the situation was. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of course, all of this conversation is futile because the last games of the season were yesterday, and we'll never see another big league game until <laughs> next year. But uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting conundrum. Um, yeah. I don't I don't I don't really know what would be better. Um, I think I'm obviously I want to watch Pearson for as long as possible, and I want to see him get as many outs and strikeouts as possible. Um, would it be interesting seeing him every game at the end of a game? Yeah. But uh, I know that it's better for his career to remain a starter, I would say. It, it's definitely better for his career for him to remain a starter. It's just uh, so exciting to think about him coming in as a closer. Yeah. But obviously, we have some real questions where we in the bullpen where we thought maybe we didn't. Maybe we thought that uh, we had a pretty strong bullpen. I don't know about this Rafael Dolis guy, but uh, things look a little shaky with him so far. Don't have a ton of confidence in that dude. Yeah, I mean, the starting pitching actually looked good this weekend. Matt Shoemaker looked great. Anthony <laughs> Kay came in. He looked pretty solid. Hatch looked great. Um, Ryu. It was really interesting to see Ryu and and his composure on the mound and uh, how he kind of he seems so relaxed. He seems like nothing phases him. Um, I'm I would really enjoy watching him and on the opening day game. Yeah, I I wanted to talk to you about Ryu. I don't, it's it's crazy that I feel like I forgot completely that that's what happened in <laughs> yeah, game it feels one like a month ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I found the the conversation about Ryu to be very surprising. And not at all what I was expecting my conversation to you to be, and just in general, the way that people talked about him, and it's sort of being an okay start, you know, that he had he had a pretty good start, and then he got tired or lost his command a bit. But I found in the first three innings, I was like, this guy's untouchable. And the I, I, I feel like I hadn't seen a game with that many whiffs from a starter like it seemed like every other pitch dudes were swinging right through it they had no idea whether it was change up fast up fastball if it was up or it was down it just seemed like the hitters had no clue and then and then when when they did get to him it was like okay yeah it's his first game of the season and he had a short outing but i was like this guy looks unreal i hadn't seen a, a blue jay starter like that in a long time since you know since maybe i don't know the the really great sanchez starts of 2016 yeah i i totally agree i i think we're gonna see a lot of uh really special starts from uh ryu and and kind of in a in a unique way like he's not an overpowering guy he's not a nate pearson he's not like a an aaron sanchez even you know he's he's a fucking surgeon out there and uh i feel like he's a real leader like he just seems unfazed by anything like I, I would love to have a heart rate meter on him throughout the course of the game and see it not affected by anything yeah is the way it comes like when you see his body you see the way he holds himself and um yeah it was re- he made me really excited and 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 it's so funny like the difference that a year makes with this team and just some of the nuance like at the pitching last year was just garbage mm-hmm. and now you've got this 
all this kind of potential. And now the injuries are starting to happen and who knows, you know, where that goes to, but the starting pitching so far, you know, caveat three games has not been the issue. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's why I had this note about Nate Pearson and what do we do with him? What, what, what do we get more use out of? And that's going to be, uh, I don't think there's even any question that Nate Pearson is going to come up and be the starter, but uh, I'm, I'm just curious about it. And I'm curious now what we do with, with Kay and Hatch when Pearson does come up because, you know, what they did yesterday was great. But if we do have these questions in the back half of our, of our uh, bullpen, or even just if we use the good part of our bullpen the day before and we get to the point like we did on Saturday where – or, or maybe it was yesterday where we used the good guys and the game's still tied. We I still have a chance a... of winning, and it's like, oh, I guess it's Moran now. It's this guy, uh, you know, whatever. It's just like dudes we have left. we got to use Gavilio. Or... I think that that's where uh, Hatch fits in. He fits in in one of those like multiple-inning reliever roles. He has really good stuff. And I, I, don't, I don't ever need to see Yamaguchi again, but... Uh... I know that's hard because he just came in for one game, but uh, I've seen enough. I'll tap out. You know, if it's the voice, you know, when you hit the buzzer, when you've heard enough. <laughs> yeah, I hit that pretty quick. Like, my chair turned around. And I was like, I'm good. Thank you. But I think that that's sort of. I, I think K still could remain in the in in the starting rotation, but I think Hatch could move into like a very meaningful multiple inning reliever. But what do you do with K then? I don't know. It's it is a it is a problem which all gets easier if you let Pearson air it out as the <laughs> new closer for the Toronto Blue Jays. And then it's like and breaking news, Dan Jensen's hands broken and Reese McGuire's hands broken. <laughs> Alejandro Kirk will be coming up. And Nate Pearson will be having Tommy John surgery for the next two seasons. <laughs> Nate Pearson's being charged with first degree murder. Or hitting the umpire in the net. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we get the we get the news today of what's happening with Giles if he gets his MRI. And it didn't look good, man. Anytime that somebody holds their arm the way he held, that it's never just like oh, I woke up and I'm fine. Right. So you're calling it TJ surgery for Giles? I don't necessarily think it's Tommy John surgery because I think when you need Tommy John surgery, it's like a. a you can you can feel that tear you can hear that you can hear that tear and you're very aware it's just being called like a forearm strain or something or like an yeah elbow yeah but there's also those dudes where it's like you know it would really really help you if you got this surgery it hasn't nothing's yeah. ripped but you know how remember how last season your elbow kept getting screwed up and you know this for your first couple of games here, it's acting up again. It's like it's it definitely point. seems like something's up with that part of his arm. So, yes. But if he needs Tommy John, you can just say that you'll never see him in a Blue Jays uniform again. So I'm good. I'm personally good with him throwing until it rips. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not up to me. You know, it's up to him. So. Right. Um, okay. Well, Let's wrap things up here. I've got one final segment I want to talk to you about. Um, I'm going to transition here to the NBA for a second. Um, on Friday, images were released. There was a, 
There was a press release from the NBA. They were displaying what the courts are going to look like in the bubble. Um, and then we had some scrimmages happening. Uh, the Raptors got some nice work in. They beat both the Rockets and the Trailblazers. Um, but I wanted to talk about some of the technology of what these games looks like. So saw the images. They've got massive, like, flat screens, TVs across the whole uh, sideline and then on the baseline. So three quarters of the court has these huge TVs on it that are just behind where the players are. And they've teamed up with Microsoft. They've got Microsoft Teams um, running on these screens. And the home team can then choose, I don't know how many fans that can fit on this screen, but it seems like quite a lot of fans. And you basically, it, it's like a program like Zoom. So you get to watch the game live. You react to it live. Your sound is on. The players in the arena can hear you, you. You're cheering. They can hear what you're saying. Microsoft is, of course, watching to make sure you're not, you know, acting up or uh, getting too rowdy or swearing or being inappropriate. But the NBA has managed to have live fans through a screen and they can switch to cool graphics really quickly. It lights up the whole thing around them. Uh, it, it looks amazing. And it also just looks so unique to the situation that is happening. And, of course, they're able to do this because they're in a bubble. And they could build a court for exactly the reason that they need. You know, that there are no fans here. And it's it, it just brings me back again to... What a disaster it seems like the MLB has 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 created by not creating a bubble. Yeah, um, the, the NBA is so cool. The NBA is such right? a great organization. It's just like, oh man, I wish that all like baseball had a, like had cool people running it. <laughs> it wasn't so gross and just crappy and like cardboard cutouts. Like I that's know, so the cardboard cool. cutouts. Imagine in the basketball court if there was just like cardboard cutouts. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. You imagine how the players would react to that? They'd be like, "We're not doing this shit." <laughs> and oh man, that's so cool. I didn't I didn't know that about um the fans being on the screens and how it's sort of like, you know, I mean, I I do think that that's <clears throat> somewhat risky like letting fans' voice be heard in uh, those moments and I imagine at some point there'll be some sort of story where somebody steps over, somebody tries to say um some do something political or something like that. Um Right. But, but you also have to know, like, I think there's like 300 of them and their sound is probably pretty low. It's going to be more about like getting them involved in Let's Go Raptors, chants like that. You're not just going to hear one voice ring out through the arena. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like one of our heckling bits that we've come up with on this show. Um, That's a cool experience for the players, too, I would imagine. I imagine it's like really unique for them being on the the court and 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 just how different but somewhat familiar that that whole thing is. Absolutely. And from what I was reading, someone was, uh, I think, on The Athletic. I can't remember who wrote the story I was reading this morning, just talking about the trash talking that is audible and that is happening now between the benches of the teams where they're chirping at each other throughout the whole game. They're yelling at each other because it's not just us that are able to hear more happening between them, but normally when these teams are playing 
in a in a stadium with thirty thousand, the benches can't really hear each other when they're yelling at each other. So it just yeah. becomes in a wash. And now they can hear each other crystal clear, and they start talking to each other back and forth. They're getting heated. Man, the NBA is doing it right. That's exactly. This is all I want. I just want <laughs> like th- this time to be used to enhance and not take away. Yes, and and this brings me to what I started thinking about could have been possible. Obviously, baseball is played in a massive place. It's a huge park. But parks were designed for many people to view them. If we were in a bubble or if we were in a couple of bubbles, what could have been possible if we decided, if we just had a real think and we had a massive brainstorm and we got rid of a lot of bad ideas, some of which I'll share with you that I've come up with. Um, but if we if we created baseball that was meant for the best playing experience or even altered playing experiences and just for a television viewing experience. I thought of a couple of things. Um, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you crap on them cause I know that they're bad, <laughs> but well, actually one, only one of them I think is, is, is truly bad. But imagine part, part of the issue that I'm having when I'm watching these baseball games is just the massive amount of space that is, surrounding the playing field and i just wish that it seemed a bit more surrounded a bit more closed off in the way that the the basketball court does there's a big wall right behind them with all the fans and the screens and it just seems like i don't have a cavern that is behind me so i thought what if down the foul lines there were eight foot walls that went along the foul lines and if you hit a ball off that wall it was still in play so balls, there was way less foul balls, way less balls going out of play that didn't need to. Balls ricochet off those walls, fly into the into the outfield, and it just creates this whole other element of excitement to the game. And and we don't have to see the the stands on either side because there's just walls, and we see that. Boom, boom! It keeps it exciting. That that seems like you know like the XFL, <laughs> like the XMLB. It's a different sport, and the ground is made of trampoline. Yes, I I like I don't like changing the game and the essence of the game. But like what I thought you were gonna say was that there's like this big wall and like because I I was picturing in my mind a massive projection screen that is around where um the the stands are and then you could project onto that like fans like zoom like the nba is doing because i totally agree there's too much space yeah it's so it's so apparent how cavernous it is in the viewing experience that if you cut off some of that space and you filled it with something real like real people reacting in real time that would be amazing yeah your other uh what's your other one was just to change the outfield change um change the walls on the outfield to basically have no basically if you hit a home run and it and it it would go out of the park every time you know that there wasn't just a mass of bleachers in the outfield because it's so unsatisfying to see a home run and just kind of like land on some empty seats and the guys silently running around the base it's it's i just would like there to be a wall and i don't know it's just like on the other side maybe maybe there's a moat maybe there's <laughs> Maybe there's it's going on to a street and balls are going out, but when the ball goes out, it's gone, and it is there's something exciting about it leaving the park all the time because you know those those parks where you can't like when Vladdy hit it out of Fenway Park and I knew it went out onto the street. I'm like that's still exciting, 
when when the ball lands in the in the stands, it I'm just I don't care. Yeah, the, the MLB seems like it sort of begrudgingly opened and started playing games. They're like, we didn't think of anything because we don't really want to be doing this, so we're just gonna like make it like empty stands and just normal baseball and we only expect to really play maybe six games before this all goes to hell you know it's like going to somebody's house for a, a party and it's like nothing's prepared nothing's ready because they're in a mood <laughs> none of us really like baseball we just do this for the money get over you guys are it sort of like making us do this you're sort of like there's so much online shaming so here you go here's your stupid baseball yeah we've thought of nothing right Meanwhile, the NBA's like made their sport better. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's such a it's such a stark difference between the leagues. Yeah, nobody's scared of playing the Miami Heat. <laughs> no, it's the safest place on earth inside these bubbles. No one has tested positive since they've all been in there. What a crazy idea. What a crazy thought that all these Miami Marlins have COVID. Who saw this coming? Fuck. Well, Jacob, prediction. How many uh, How many days until the MLB's over? Your prediction. <laughs> I'm going to give it ooh, 13 more days. Wow. I think in theory, Nate Pearson could make his Major League debut on Friday. I don't think we will see his major league debut, and I don't think it's because he won't be called up. <laughs> Do you think, okay, so you're thinking sometime this week they're calling it. Maybe maybe even they're just like, we got we to gotta suspend games. We're going to come back to it. We're going to let these teams. Do you know what kind of stress is going on through the league right now with all this Marlins stuff coming out and how many players are getting stressed? Like that kind of stress is going to cause, you know, when people get stressed, they're going to be like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm fucking done. Because how much stress is already in the world right now? I feel like we're all sort of living on some level of trauma and sort of it's subconsciously affecting us to ways we don't really know how. And yeah. I think that now all this news comes out and it gives you that one thing to grab onto to let your fucking rage start to build. And it's like, I'm not going to play the Marlins. I don't want to play the Phillies. I don't want to play the Blue Jays because they were just in Tampa. I don't want to play the Tampa Bay Rays. And it's just going to start to domino and then people are just going to start to crap out. Yeah. It is a little unfair to pin it all on the Florida teams. Yes, it's a <laughs> massive hotspot there, but the entire country is plagued with COVID. It's not just Florida. You know, they should all be terrified to ever play any games against each other. I'm not saying that this is the Miami Marlins' fault. I know, I'm I know you're saying not. that they are in an unfortunate part of the world that is being ravaged by this. Um,. I would put a lot of it on the governor of Florida or even just the way that the, the government in general is dealing with this. Um, I just can't imagine a team being like, oh, we play in Miami next week. Killer. Mm -hmm. can't, can't wait to go down there. This whole East um, division that we play in with Atlanta, with Tampa, with Miami, <laughs> it's really scary. With Philly now. It's the, play, the playoffs are going to be like, uh, this team's three players against this team's five players. Go at it. It's a home run derby now. Maybe they can start playing through Zoom too. <laughs> 
You know, like maybe we can set up, you know, those golf screens where you hit a ball <laughs> yeah. into the screen and it shows you how far it went. We'll have a we'll have a pitcher. He'll wind up. He'll throw as hard as he can at that screen. Then somewhere else in the world in their own bubble, there'll be a hitter and it'll pop out of a, a screen with a machine that throws the exact same pitch. <laughs> yes on that foul and depressing note uh we'll we'll <laughs> leave you there fans and uh the blue jays are at it again tonight maybe if the league continues um who who are we playing tonight washington nationals right of course Series champs of course uh looks like we won't have to face strasburg he's you know, got something going on with his hand. He's got some nerve. He hurt his fingy. Yeah. His fingy hurts. <laughs> Sounds kidding. like we'll sure miss him. I'm sure we'll see Scherzer towards the end. Um, so, you know, we'll see We'll see how that goes. I'm not too terrified of the of the Nationals right now, to be honest. Um, you know, there's going to be no be Soto for a while. Soto in the lineup tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, the Jays are back to 500. Um, if they're one and four, the season's over, and uh, <laughs> we're going to cancel the show. Underdogs is done. 